Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Tuesday. This is Seattle Now. Hey, Alexa. Hi there. I hear you're in some hot water. Sorry, I don't know that. Well, it's true. In a minute, Fast Company reporter Ainsley Harris will tell us why Amazon is pulling back from its star voice assistant. But first, let's get you caught up. We've hit the pause button on the snow, at least for the time being. It's rain for the next few days. Seattle Weather Blog reports last week's mush was one of the snowiest starts to the winter since we started tracking snow at SeaTac. If you're hoping for more, there may be some more snow this weekend. For now, though, the National Weather Service says please commute cautiously. Watch out for slick roads and black ice. The Office of Tourism is probably toasting this next news item. Condé Nast's travel blog says Seattle is one of the top domestic travel destinations for 2023. Apparently, we are a chameleonic city that loves change. Seattle is tops for cool POC-owned businesses and beautiful public spaces to explore. Of course, you already knew this because you live around here. Just try to keep your favorite spot a secret. And before we start the show, let's talk money. We are a public radio podcast, which means everything we do is funded by listener donations and community support. It's 92% of the show's funding. That means without your help, Seattle Now episodes would be one minute and 12 seconds long. So if you value starting your day with us, support the show. Our goal this week is for 100 of our listeners to become donors. That's less than 1% of you. You can pick how much you want to give. Even a few bucks a month makes a difference. There's a link to donate in the show notes. And thanks. Eight years ago, Amazon launched a new kind of technology, a smart speaker with a voice-activated assistant. At the time, there was nothing like it on the market. Alexa essentially created the smart speaker market. Alexa has been a revolutionary product. Um, You know, we've all become accustomed to the idea of talking to a computer because of Alexa. That's Ainsley Harris, a senior writer at Fast Company. She says Alexa has been dominant in this new category they created. About 69% of all smart speakers sold in the U.S. between 2017 and 2021 were Amazon devices. But the future doesn't look so bright for Alexa. Amazon's cutting about 10,000 jobs in its biggest round of layoffs to date. A lot of those jobs will be people working on the smart assistant and the devices that run it. It seems like a lot of them are related to the skills that are associated with Alexa. So all those different sort of games or tasks, there's a whole team within Amazon um, also doing these skills. And and that group has definitely seen some losses. I think a a lot of the hardware teams are seeing losses. There are also a lot of experimental products within this devices group, like a robot that I think retails for over $1,000 that no one seems to be buying. Um, So, you know, I think there's just so many teams within this group, and that's part of the problem. (laughs) There's so many teams, so many products. They just need to kind of rationalize um, how they operate. As we heard earlier, Amazon dominates the smart speaker market. In many ways, Alexa's been hugely successful. So what went wrong? Yeah, I think you could argue that, you know, they, in a way, became sort of a victim of their own success. They sort of saw that the speaker was selling well, the devices were selling well, you know, they were selling them at cost. In those Black Friday sales, people snapped them up. And I think, you know, for a little while, maybe it felt like, 
hey, we've really nailed this. But then, you know, they haven't had the success um, that would allow you to actually make money from those devices. You know, people aren't buying things with them. It's very hard to advertise with them. Um, and I think it's really interesting to compare some of the sort of smart speakers in this devices group and, and how they've struggled with Kindle devices, a more premium device. You know, you're often paying over $100 for a Kindle, and then you're, you're basically paying for the privilege to spend more money on the Kindle, right? You're going to go buy books and keep buying books, hopefully. So if you think about like that product is just so well positioned to monetize. Xbox operates that way where, you know, they're monetizing on the games that you buy. And Alexa just does not have that equivalent. You know, what's interesting, though, about Kindle and Xbox, those are specifically designed to do specific things. A Kindle is a reader. That's what you do. You buy books on the Kindle, right? Xbox is a gaming device. You buy games for that Xbox system. And Alexa is just like opening the world of potential for people. And maybe... The truth is, people were not ready for that, not schooled enough in that language. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a weather forecast, timer setting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera device. And um, once you've sort of tried those things, you kind of feel like you figured it out and maybe it's not that interesting. The user experience is still not that great on an Alexa. I was recently at a friend's house and they spent a lot of that time shushing it and trying to correct what it was doing. It would randomly start playing something. I thought to myself, it feels like a third person in the house you have to manage. Yeah, if, if, and if it becomes work, you know, why bother, right? You can set a timer or look up the weather on your phone. You know, so many of the things that you can do with Alexa, um, you can do already on another product that you probably already own. And the question is, you know, was there that much benefit to the convenience of not having to literally reach into your pocket to get that thing out? Yeah, yeah. You know, and a lot of people think of smart speakers and they see huge red flags. They have privacy concerns. Maybe they've worried about their kids using one. We have heard about a murder case where dialogue was recorded on an Alexa. Do those concerns contribute to the product's downfall at this point? I mean, those concerns do seem to be perhaps uh, putting kind of a ceiling on the market overall. It's hard to know how much, you know, Amazon is sort of singled out there versus, you know, other companies. We've seen the market kind of peak for a lot of these devices. The growth rates have slowed. Um, and, you know, yeah, some of that growth is coming from people who are buying a second or a third device as opposed to sort of new customers, suggesting that there is this sort of group of holdouts who really don't want a device like this in their home. And interestingly, um, as we wrote about in, in our piece on Fast Company, you know, there are companies that are really profiting from this. One company, for example, has created a, a storytelling device for kids, and it doesn't actually have a microphone. It has a speaker, um, but it's not going to listen to the kids in any sort of voice-controlled way. It instead, sort of plays these physical cards that kids can put into the device. The approaches like that are really innovative. They're also like a great way to avoid these incredible costs associated with artificial intelligence and voice recognition technology, um, and to avoid exactly the privacy concerns that you mentioned. I want to talk a little bit more about how Alexa compares to other smart assistants. Are they also facing these problems? 
To some extent, yes. Um, you know, we have seen cuts, for example, at, at Google um, and you know Apple's uh, smart speaker, which was quite priced in a different tier than Amazon's devices, has not really gotten off the ground. So, you know, I think certainly other folks are seeing kind of struggles. Um, Google, I would say, is an interesting point of comparison, though, because it is voice tied to search and sort of this overall kind of idea of intelligence that is what connects everything they've done in the home and in an Android operating system. And they've kind of brought this idea of intelligence. And it's less about the, um, you know, launching a million different types of robots and devices and more about like, how can we capitalize on this sort of intelligence that's already our specialty? How can we make it, you know, voice accessible, but it's really still kind of core to what they do. And they haven't gotten over their skis in quite the same way with um, the number of devices, the number of sort of versions of each device you know there are so many different echo dots that amazon sells every color you can imagine for kids not for kids and you know we haven't really seen any other company kind of go quite as far down that road as as amazon has gone you know a lot of the other voice assistants live in your phone and they travel with you does that portability factor count against Alexa? It is a separate entity in your world. It is a separate entity. And I also wonder if that influences the kind of data that they can collect, right? Google, yeah, lives sort of everywhere and is capturing your searches and is also capturing your voice and can kind of have an integrated view then on what you're looking for and and how you think about questions. And Amazon doesn't really have that ability. They obviously have, you know, the search bar on their website. Oh, they know a lot. (laughs) Yes, they do know a lot. Yes, they know a lot. Um, But they know a lot of sort of product oriented things, whereas Google knows a lot more sort of like general interest sort of things. And that does seem to be sort of like a data challenge here. And, you know, then you have to invest a lot of money (laughs) to sort of overcome that challenge. What happens to Alexa now? It's a great question. I mean, I don't think she's, she plans to go anywhere. Um, And she's certainly in all these homes, um, you know, still very functional for for a lot of people. I don't think we're going to see as many sort of experimental products tied to Alexa, like these fancy robots or this device designed for grandparents and grandchildren to communicate. One thing that would be really exciting is if Amazon took this opportunity to sort of take a step back and make a really big, different kind of bet. You know, maybe these smaller kind of little cute robots are not the way to go. You know, maybe they need to really reorient themselves around a new, really big challenge, a new kind of platform. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what that would be, but I'm curious to see if they go in that direction. Yeah. From what you understand about this company, is it possible they could shift at this point to investing in a completely different technology? never count Amazon out, right? They now operate their own fleet of airlines. They, you know, they've built so many things from scratch. Um, They have had some flops uh, like their phone and, you know, they don't always get it right. Um, But yeah, I would not be surprised to see them perhaps if things, you know, look a little bit better from an economic perspective in 2023, um, starting to think, you know, now that we've sort of paired back, where do we go bold next? I'll certainly be very curious to see what that looks like. Ainsley Harris, senior writer at Fast Company. Thanks so much. Great conversation. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Claire McGrain produced today's episode. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Vaughn Jones, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Hey, Alexa. I hear you're in some hot water. Seattle, Washington's record high temperature is 107 degrees Fahrenheit, occurring on June 28, 2021. All right, Alexa, stop.